This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ Northwest Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth according to the New Testament. Come worship with us Sunday mornings at 1030 at 1708 Elm Springs Road in Springdale, Arkansas. Let you join in in welcoming everybody here this morning. I'm glad that you can make it with us so we can worship God together. Really excited about today. I've been looking forward to this for a while. I think we're going to have a great time, great time of fellowship and singing praises to God later on. We're going to have a, a lot of people come worship God with us, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm definitely excited about the, the things that we can worship here today, worshiping in spirit and truth that will be pleasing to God, will be edifying to all of us. And this is a topic that I've been thinking about for a while, and I've been talking to, to several different people about it. The, the title of the lesson is The Ever-Changing Seasons of Life. We get that from the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. If you want to turn there, I'll have the verses on the screen behind me. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, let's go ahead and begin in verse 1. Read verses 1 through 8. Solomon says, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Solomon is explaining to us here that there are seasons for all things in our lives. We can look at the different things that he describes and we can see great things happening that we tend to enjoy, like laughing and embracing and gathering stuff. There's time to dance. We can think about all these things that we enjoy here on earth. And then there's things that we don't enjoy so much. And Solomon explains that as well. He explains there's times of heartache, there's times of pain. And all throughout our life, we're going to experience these good times, we're going to experience these hard times in our life. It's different, different seasons of life that we go through. And that's the things that I want to look at for a little while this morning. When we look at the word season, as it talks about there in the very, very first verse, it says to everything there is a season. When you look up that word, it means an appointed occasion. That means it's an appointed time. It's a time for something. There's a purpose for that time. And it's an occasion, meaning it's not going to last. It's not going to be there forever. It's a season. It's going to come and go. When we think about seasons, we probably think about the weather. You know, this time of year, we see the leaves start changing colors on trees. It started to get very beautiful. And that's a symbolism to us of a changing season. We know that we're coming into the fall time. We know after the fall time, it's going to be winter. It's going to be a lot colder. There's things that we enjoy and there's things that we don't enjoy so much about every season that we go through. And when we think about the weather seasons, it's easy for us to see that. And God gives us those seasons for reminders, and there's a purpose for those, all, all those seasons. There's a purpose for it. And the per there's a purpose for us that we can learn from these seasons. So for a little while, I want to look at what Solomon is teaching us in this passage about the different seasons in our life. And we're going to see what the Bible teaches us about these seasons, both the good and hard seasons that we have. And then we're going to look at how we should handle them as Christians today. What should our outlook on these seasons be and how we can use that to honor and to glorify God. So the first seasons that we're going to look at is seasons of good times. We all have seasons of good times. There's things that go very well for us that we enjoy. It seems like things are all on a roll. Everything's just ticking right along the way that we want it to. 
And that's a good thing for us. Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 12, he says that, I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. It's okay to enjoy the good seasons that we have in our life. It's a gift and it's a blessing from God. God gives us these good times for us. It's a gift from Him. We also see in James chapter 1, verse 17, that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. So we, these good times that we receive, they truly are blessings from God. And we, we have these different times when we enjoy the fruits of our labor. We're going out, we're working hard, we're doing the things that we should be doing. And that's going to produce fruits for us. It's going to produce these good times. We should enjoy those. And it's okay to enjoy those. So there's a lot of blessings that we receive from these good times. Also in these good seasons, there's warnings that we need to be watching out for. And some of those warnings are, for one, we can forget God. We see that in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10. This is when God is talking to Moses and He's telling them to bring them out of the land of Egypt into the promised land, he gives them a warning here. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 10, it says, And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto the fathers, to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou, thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and are full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. What God is telling the Israelites here, and it's a lesson for us to learn, is when we have these good seasons in our life, we have these good things. It's so easy for us to forget where these blessings came from. It's so easy for us to just look at ourselves and look, say, look at all these great things that I've done. That's what they did. How did they get the land that God promised them? God gave it to them. It said it has all these cities. It's got these buildings. It's got houses full of things. It's got wells for them. It's got vineyards and olive trees. God gave them all those blessings, and they didn't do anything to deserve it. It's blessings that they had from God, and He warned them, when you go have these good seasons... Don't forget the Lord. And we do it all the time today too. We forget the Lord during these good times. He goes on in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and takes a little bit step further. Deuteronomy chapter 31 beginning in verse 19 it says, Now therefore write ye this song for you and teach it the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that the song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. For when I, have, when I shall have brought them into the land which I swear unto their fathers that floweth with milk and honey, and they shall have eaten and filled themselves in wax and fat, then will they turn unto other gods and serve them and provoke me and break my covenant. God is telling us when we have these good seasons, the first step is we forget where those blessings come from. We forget the Lord. The second step is we can take it so far that it really becomes into idolatry. Now think about that. How many times do we have good seasons in our life for one, we forget about where those blessings come from. The next thing starts happening is we turn and we, we start practicing idolatry. Now, idolatry for us, that could look as simple things of could be money, could be entertainment, could be self-indulgence. But think about the last good season that you've had in your life. Everything just seemed to be ticking right along. You didn't have any problems, no struggles. Everything's going well. 
for one, did you remember where those blessings come from? Or number two, did you start following after other of these things and start, in a sense, worshiping or, or wanting these other things more? And it turns into idolatry. So we have to be careful for these good seasons as well. It's okay to enjoy the fruits, as Solomon talks us about, but we have to be careful of them because it can easily lead us off path. We have an example of this where, where uh, Jesus taught us a parable in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Luke 12, 15 through 19, Jesus said, He said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Now we see this, and we, we read this parable often. We talk about this farmer who was, who was blessed. He had a great abundance. And instead, a lot of the times, the, the application we bring out of here is that he should have gone and he should have shared these blessings with other people, and that's rightfully so. But I want to take a step back further for just a second. How did he get these blessings to begin with? Look there in verse 16. Jesus spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. What brought forth plentifully? The ground. It wasn't the man. The man didn't bring forth plentifully. The ground brought forth plentifully. It's the ground that blessed the farmer. It's the ground that gave the farmer all this abundance. Then what did the farmer do? Did he remember that? Did he remember where he got that abundance from? It's God who produced the abundance, not the man. But he immediately turns and says, Look what all I've got. Look at all of these things that I have. Look at what I can do. I'm going to tear down my barns, and I'm going to build greater, and I'm going to store all this up for myself. It's a very selfish attitude. He forgot about the blessings that came from God. He did not follow after Him, and then it turned into idolatry because he started worshiping more of the things that he had instead of choosing to use it to bless and help other people as God intended him to do. So we see this example all the time, and we're, we're guilty of it all the time for ourselves. During those good times, we have to be careful that we're not letting the blessings distract us from what we really need to be doing. So our responsibility during these good seasons that we have in our life is, number one, remember to count our blessings. Remember really where it comes from. Psalms chapter 103, verse 1 and 2 says, The Psalm of David, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Don't forget where these blessings came from. God chooses to bless us many different times. We have a lot of different blessings. And it's our responsibility to remember where those blessings come from. The second responsibility that we have is share these, share these blessings with other people. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 and 19, it says, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy that they do good, and that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come when they may lay hold on eternal life. Paul is writing to Timothy, and he's telling them to look at the people who, are, who have an abundance. They've been blessed from God, and tell them to go share those blessings with other people. Now, when we think about our lives here in America, when we compare ourselves to the rest of the world, 
We are rich in this world. We may not feel like we're rich compared to other people in America, but when you take a bigger perspective and look at the rest of the people in the world, he's talking to us. We are all rich in this world. We all have an overabundance of things that we need to get by. And he's given us that same responsibility. Look for those ways that we can be ready to distribute, willing to communicate, ready to give to other people that are are in need. Share the blessings that God has given us. The next thing is with that is look for these opportunities to give. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 through 19, it says, But whoso hath this world's goods, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before him. We show the Lord's love that we have in our life when we're ready to distribute, when we go give the things that we have to other people in need. So it's all about using these blessings of good times. We can enjoy them. We need to make sure that we don't get off track and they don't lead us astray and use those blessings being ready to to distribute to other people in need. So in the seasons of good times, the lessons that we learn, enjoy the fruits of your labors. Recognize the blessings that God has given you and don't forget where they came from. Don't forget about the Lord. Watch out for pride and covetousness. It's easy to creep in during those good times. Make sure we're thanking God for those blessings, sharing the blessings, and we're always looking for opportunities to give. So we will have seasons of good times. Maybe some of you in this room, you're having seasons of good times right now. You have an abundance. You have something that things are just going well. And these are some some things that you need to be making sure you're watching out for and applying to your lives. Now, there's other seasons in our life, and sometimes we go through seasons of hard times. Now, seasons of hard times are not quite as fun as seasons of good times. There's both blessings and there's warnings that we'll receive from these seasons of hard times. All seasons have a purpose for us. So when we look at the blessings of hard seasons, let's first look at James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. These hard seasons can actually be for our benefit. Because for one, it's reminding us that everything that we have here on earth, that this is not it. This is temporary. So when we're going through these hard things, we're going through these hard times in our lives, we get reminded to focus back, to have patience, and to make sure that we're looking back to the cross, we're looking back at Christ. We see this a little bit deeper in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. Romans 5, beginning in verse 1, says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. When we look at that, we see that tribulation leads us to patience. It reminds us that this is not all we have. And then in Romans, it takes it a step further and says that patience leads us to experience. When you look up that word experience, it tells us proof. That word means proof. It's proof that everything that we have, the good times and the hard times here on this earth, they're temporary. 
And we have proof that we have an eternal Savior that's ready to, to help us through all that. And that proof leads us to hope or assurance that we always have these hard seasons that focus us back towards these positive things, which are the eternal things that we have. So we can see the progression here that during these times of tribulation, it puts our minds back on Christ and the hope we have in Him. And I think if you'll think about the last hard season you've gone through, and maybe you're going through a hard season right now, this is usually what happens to us. You know, sometimes we'll go through these good seasons and it's easy for us to feel like everything's under control and we, we get distracted, we get off track, we start, we're not praying quite as much, we're not reading the Bible as much, we're not looking for opportunities to help people as much. And then a hard season hits us. And when a hard season hits us, what's the first thing that people typically want to do? We pray more, we study more, we ask for help, we turn back to God, and we almost look to Him to be our band-aid for these problems that we have. And these seasons are for a reminder for us to stay focused on God during the good times and the bad times. So sometimes these hard times are necessary for us to get our mind back where it needs to be. So they can be a great blessing for us if we choose for it to be a blessing. Now, there's also during the hard seasons, there's warnings too. Sometimes the hard seasons can get us off track. If we look in Matthew chapter 13, verse 22, we talk about the parable of the sower. If you remember, the sower went out and he was scattering seed. Here's one of them. In verse 22, it says, He also that received the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word. And then the care of, the, of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, riches choke the word and becometh unfruitful. So we see this person, he received the word. He was like the seed that, that got cast out on him and he received the word but then the care of this world sometimes the care of this world could be the hard things you're going through it could be some of the challenges you're going through that you feel like you need to solve yourself and when you're going you're working you're trying to solve these things yourself you're becoming unfruitful for the kingdom so when we think about warnings of a hard season one of the warnings is that we're not getting distracted by these problems or these issues in our lives that we're trying to solve to the point that we're forgetting our mission as the church here on earth. That mission to go save souls and to go help people. So we have to be careful for these hard seasons as well. We also have to be careful that not only becoming unfruitful, but it, that it's completely leading us astray and taking us off track. If we look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20, it says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Sometimes these hard times in our life and these problems that we're trying to solve and that we're trying to take care of, sometimes they can become such a distraction that we get entangled in them and we get overcome from these problems. And it tells us there at the end of, of verse 20, it says that the latter end is worse with them in the beginning, meaning that when we get to our, our spiritual dwelling place for eternity, it's going to be a whole lot worse than any problems you're facing here on earth if you're not in Christ. If we've been entangled in the world and overcome by the world and, and, and the cares of it and its problems to the point that it leads us astray so we're not following Christ anymore, we got a lot more problems coming ahead that we got to be careful for. So we have warnings of these hard times as well. We can see during the good times and during the hard times, there's both blessings and there's warnings. There's good things and bad, bad things in the good seasons and the hard seasons. So what's our responsibility during the hard seasons? Well, number one is we have to control our mindset during this hard seasons. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 9 tells us to be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. 
And the peace of God, which patheth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. I have another lesson that I've, I've given a while back, and it really goes deep into these set of verses. And the, the title of that lesson is God's Model for Handling Stress. And I believe this is God's model for us of how to handle stress. When we look at that, it starts off with to be careful for nothing. Don't be overly anxious for everything, but instead go to God in prayer with thanksgiving, making sure we're counting our blessings. Then we let our requests be made known to God. And then in verse 8, it goes in to talk about to control our mindset. We think upon these good and positive things. During these hard times, it's easy for us to get so caught up in the problems that we have, we're forgetting to think about all the good things that we have. And we need to put our mind back on these good things. And then down in verse 9, it tells us that the mindset alone is not enough. After you have thought about these good things, then you put it into action. So then it says in verse 9, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. You have to do the things that God tells us to do. And then after that, it says the God of peace shall be with you. We know we can have peace in our life if we just will apply this model to our life. And God's given us this model for a reason. There in verse 7, it says that the peace of God, which passes all understanding. You know, there's times that you're going to go through hard seasons of your life. And when you apply this model, when you do what God has said for you to do, you will have peace that you can't explain it. can't explain it to yourself. You can't explain it to other people. Other people is going to come and they're going to see you. They're going to see the challenges that you're going through. And they're going to say, how can you be so calm during all these trials and storms? We can't explain it. All we know is God's given us this model, and when we apply the model, it works. And that's what we have to do. You can have this peace of God. So if you're going through some of these hard times, remember it's your responsibility to control your mindset, to apply this model to your life, and it will help you. The second thing is we must trust in God to provide for our needs. If we look back in Luke chapter, chapter 12, we had just read about where Jesus gave us the parable of the farmer that the ground brought forth plentifully. If you continue on, Luke chapter 12, let's read verse 22 through 34. Beginning in verse 22, it says, And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither the body, what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you, taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? And if ye then be, able, be not able to do the thing which is the least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toll not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast in the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell that ye have, and give alms. 
Provide yourself bags of which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, nor moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is just after he told us about the parable of the rich farmer. And what he's telling us is that the parable of the rich farmer is whether you have a lot, you have an abundance, keep your mind on Christ. And then later on, he's saying whether you don't have anything, keep your mind on Christ. Whether you feel like you're lacking things, all of it is to our advantage to keep our minds pointed towards Christ. Whether we have a lot or whether we have little, our job is to trust in the Lord. The next thing and part of trusting in the Lord is lean into the body when you need some help. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 25, Paul writes to the church at Corinth, and he says that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should, should have the same care for one another. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. You know, we read this verse a lot, and we look at when our brethren are suffering, we're going to be right there with them. And we're going to help them out. And rightfully so, we should be. As brothers and sisters of Christ, we should be there to help people when they're suffering through these hard times. And sometimes we're going to be that member that's suffering. Sometimes we're going to have this hard season in our life. God's promised us that we're going to have these seasons. We're going to have these seasons where it's hard for us. And when we do have these seasons that are hard for us, it's okay to go to your church and it's encouraged to go to your church family. Let them know you're suffering and they can suffer with you. That's what we're called to do as the church. So when we think about these hard seasons in our life, number one is turn your mind back to Christ. And after that, remember the assurance that we have in Him, that all these things that we have here on this earth, it's all temporary. And we have the assurance in Christ that will never end. Make sure we're not letting the cares of this world distract us and get us off track so we're not producing fruit for the kingdom. And especially make sure that it's not pulling us out of the kingdom that we're getting so caught up in the cares of this world. Follow God's model for handling stress, like we read about in Philippians chapter 4. And make sure that we're trusting in God to provide for our needs. God will provide for your needs. It may not be everything you want. And in fact, sometimes not getting what you want is actually a blessing to you. So we have to make sure that we're trusting in God to provide for our needs, that He is taking care of us. And finally... Lean into the body. Lean into the church for support when you need it. So we have these seasons of good times. We have these seasons of hard times. There's blessings and there's warnings from both. We see our responsibility in both. But now I want to look at how should Christians handle these seasons as a whole? What really should we do with this? Well, the first step is what we should do with this lesson is recognize the season that you're in for what it really is. I've got this wheel up here, and you can see there's, just, there's seven different areas that we have in our lives, as this graph shows. There's seven different areas. You know, a lot of times we look at these seasons in our life, and one of these areas is going to stick out to us more than the rest of them. So, for instance, it may be financial, it may be social, it may be mental, maybe physical. When you think about different things that you go through, maybe you're having a little bit of a hard time financially right now. And it's so easy for us to get really caught up in those challenges financially that we forget about all the rest of our life. So what we should do, our responsibility, instead of getting so narrowly focused on that problem that you have in your life, take a step back. 
take a pause for a minute and take a step back and let's look at the bigger picture. Okay, yes, you may be having a little bit of hard time financially, but how's your family doing? How's your social life doing? How's your physical health doing? All, they, all those things going great, but you're having a hard time financially, we call it a hard season. Is it really a hard season? Or what if we look at the other way? What if we say we're having a great time with our social life? We have incredible friends. We've got a lot of people, great relationships in our life. Everything is going really well. But some of our other areas are really suffering. Is it really that great of a time? So what we need to realize is look at things in perspective. Instead of getting so caught up in the positive or the negative in any of these areas in our life, let's take a step back and let's look at it for what it really is. If we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 through 10, Paul tells us that we are troubled on every side, yet we're not distressed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Paul is telling us here in 2 Corinthians that yes, these hard times are there. Yes, you're going to have these hard times. But our role as Christians is, number one, keep it in perspective. It's really not as bad as what we make it out to be. And it's really not as bad as we make it out to be when we think about in the context of eternity. We think of the context of our spiritual lives in heaven forever. Any of the problems that you have are really not that bad. So it's not to say we don't feel the problems. We don't feel the hard times. We're going to feel it. But the answer is, feel it in context of what's really going on. Let's look at it and take a step back and look at the bigger picture in our life. The second thing is we learn to be content. Paul told us in Philippians 4, verse 10, it says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again. Wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I was speaking in respect of wrong, for I have learned, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. What Paul writes here in verse 11 I think is really interesting is he says that I have learned to be content. Being content is not a natural thing for us. Human nature tells us that we want more. No matter how much you have, you want more. But Paul tells us that we have to learn to be content. So it's, it's a behavior that we learn over time, and it's an exercise that we practice. So when you're going through these good seasons or when you're going through these hard seasons, learn to be content. Be content with the blessings that God has given you. The third thing, and on top of that contentment, is let Christ's grace be sufficient for you. Paul's writing here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10, Paul has this thorn of the flesh. He's got this problem that he really wants to get rid of. And let's read about that. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, it says, Unless that I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times, he asked that it would depart from him. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, 
then I am strong. Paul says he asked three times for this thorn of the flesh, this burden that he had to be removed from him. Three times. And what was Christ's response? His response is that my grace is sufficient for you. And that's something that we can learn as well. When we're going through these hard times, we focus our minds, we put it back on Christ. We remember that His grace that covers our sins and it takes care of all of our problems, it's sufficient. That we might just have to live with a thorn in the flesh. We might just have to live with the burden. And remember that living with the burden and that thorn in the flesh, it's temporary. Because His grace that's sufficient is going to give us an eternal home with Him with no problems, with no issues. So this is another attitude that we must learn, is to let Christ's grace be sufficient for us. Number four, let's keep focused on the eternal. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 through 18, it says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. When we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Our role in this is to keep our minds focused on the eternal. Our physical bodies are designed to decay. It's just going to happen. Our bodies are going to decay. We're going to have problems. We're going to have issues. And it's decaying. But our inward man, our spiritual self, it doesn't have to decay. It can get renewed day by day when we're doing the things that we need to. We're constantly staying in Christ. We're focused on the eternal. We're doing the things that God wants us to do. Above all, we should keep our focus on our eternal and our spiritual home, no matter the seasons that we're going through. And finally, remember that the Lord is always steadfast. These, these seasons are constantly coming and going. There's always going to be change in that. But what's never changing is the Lord and the hope that we can have in Him. In Psalms chapter 102, verse 25, it says, Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. So we need to remember that the Lord is never changing. The Lord is steadfast. He's our rock. That when we're constantly going through these good times, these hard times, these times of abundance, these times where we feel like we're, we're really struggling, we have a lot of persecutions going on or different challenges that we're working through, one thing that we can always keep in mind is the Lord's always there. He's there through the good times. He's there through the hard times. He's not leaving you. He will not forsake you. He will always be the same for us. He's our rock that we can hold upon. So remember that the Lord is steadfast. So when we look at these few different things, we can see, number one, keep our emotions between the lines. That whether you're going through good seasons or hard seasons, look at it for what it really is. It's not as bad or it's not as good as probably what you think in your head. Keep your emotions between the lines. Second thing, learn to be content. Practice that exercise of contentment. After that, remember Christ's grace is sufficient for us in all things. His grace is everything that we need, and that should lead us to focus on the eternal things that we have, the eternal home with Him in heaven. Keep our minds focused there, and remember that the Lord is steadfast. Use these as building blocks that stack upon each other so that you can constantly keep your mind upon Christ during the good seasons and during the hard seasons. These seasons are there for us. They're there for our learnings, the good times and the bad times. They're there to help us and to point us back in the direction that ultimately we need to be going. 
which is our spiritual journey with Christ and holding on to the mission that we have in Him. Living in this world, we're constantly going to have changing seasons. And we've seen that regardless of the season that we go through, the answer is always stay focused on the Lord and serve Him, no matter what else is going on. Stay focused on God. And there's another season that we're all going through right now that we haven't talked about yet, and that's the season of us living in our fleshly bodies. Remember in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it tells us that there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. We're in that season right now between our birth and between our death. That's a season. And that season's going to end. That season of our physical nature is going to end. And we know what's going to come after that season. If we look in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, 27, it says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. We're all going to die. Our season is going to end of our physical nature. Now, after that season ends, we have a decision. We have an opportunity of where we're going to go after that season. If we look in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. We have an opportunity when this season ends to be like God, to be like Christ, to see Him as He is. Or we have the opportunity after this season ends, to be cast out and to be cast away. If we look at Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, it says, Then shall he also say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. We think about this season that we're in right now, this physical season. This is a preparation period for us. It's a preparation period to decide where are you going to spend eternity. Are you going to, are you going to spend it with Christ and like Him? to be able to see Him as He really is and to be with Him for eternity? Or are you preparing to spend it away from Him, cursed into everlasting fire, prepared with the de devil and his angels? We have this period in our life right now. This season is the season of opportunity to make a choice. And this choice that we make is a daily choice. We're going to follow after Christ so we can be like Him and spend with Him in eternity, or we're not going to follow after Him. We're going to follow our own desires, do what we want to do. Try to handle problems ourselves, not do the things that we've been taught to do. The decision is ours. We think about these ever-changing seasons in our life. This season will end someday. Whether you're going through good times or hard times right now, it's going to change. So think about the seasons that you're in, and ultimately think about your life here on earth as a season that it is ending, and it's your time of preparation to decide where you want to spend eternity. If you haven't been baptized into Christ and chosen to follow after Him, now, I encourage you to do that today. Because the thing that we don't know is when our season's changing, it's going to sneak up on us. Our physical season is going to end, and we have the opportunity to be baptized into Him now so that we can spend eternity with Him forever. If you already have been baptized into Christ, but maybe you've let the cares of this world, maybe you've let the problems, or maybe you've let the good times distract you, it's pulled you off course, it's time to get back right. It's time to focus your mind back on the eternal things that we have. Follow Christ. Stay true to the mission that we have as the church and as disciples of His. To so get back on track with that. And if you need to help, that's what we're here for as your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you'd like to be baptized into Christ so you can be fully prepared to take advantage of that eternity with Him, then we can help you with that this morning. 
or if you need the prayers or the assistance of the church for whatever reason to get you back to following after Christ and living out that mission, just let us know. Come have a seat on the front pew while we stand and sing the song that's been selected. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from God's Word. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Christ, send us a message at facebook.com slash cfcnwa. To find more sermons, look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and like our Facebook page. Thanks for listening, and God bless.